Welcome back, true crime fans. It's TJ, the weirdo with a beardo, with this week's installment of True Crime Tuesday, where we dive into stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries from across history and across the globe. This week, we dig into the incredible story of Elizabeth Smart. Elizabeth Ann Smart was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, November 3, 1987, to parents Edward and Lois Smart, devout members of the Mormon Church and was the second oldest of five children. Elizabeth had a pretty normal childhood. That was until June 5, 2002. Just days before she was set to graduate from middle school, young Elizabeth was abducted from her family's home in Salt Lake City and disappeared for the next nine months. Elizabeth shared a room with her younger nine-year-old sister, Mary Catherine, who saw the kidnapping take place while she pretended to be asleep in her bed on the opposite side of the room. Mary Catherine described a man between 30 and 40 years old with dark hair who threatened Elizabeth with a knife. She said the man was soft-spoken, polite even, calm, and nicely dressed. But she never got a good look at the man's face. Four days after the kidnapping, Elizabeth's parents, Ed and Lois, appeared on the local television station, pleading for the kidnappers to return their daughter home. Following, a massive regional search began involving over 2,000 volunteers. However, no evidence of Elizabeth or her captors were ever found. And for the next nine months, Elizabeth's life was a living nightmare. Turns out she'd been abducted by a local street evangelist, Brian Mitchell, who went by the name Emmanuel, and his girlfriend, Wanda Barzi, who would both panhandle on the street corners in downtown Salt Lake City. Now, Brian Mitchell claimed to be a prophet of God who experienced prophetic visions. But in reality, Brian Mitchell was a deranged monster with a God complex and a thirst for young girls. Mitchell and Barzi took Elizabeth to a remote camp in the woods outside of Salt Lake City, where they performed a crude wedding ceremony and began what would be the first of nine long months of sexual abuse, telling Elizabeth that she was only the first of many virgin brides he had planned to kidnap. Not to prevent young Elizabeth from leaving, Brian Mitchell used a metal cable to tie her to a nearby tree near the tent where she slept. He often threatened to kill her if she tried to leave and kept her sedated with drugs and alcohol and would often starve her into submission to his wishes. But as secretive as their activities in the woods were, Mitchell and Barzi would often take young Elizabeth into town on supply runs, covering her head and face with a scarf or veil. And she was marched around town in plain sight, with no one knowing that young Elizabeth was silently calling for help. These odd public appearances took place until a visit to the local library in August of 2002, two months after her abduction, when someone recognized the three because of their unusual state of dress, since they wore full-length robes and veils that covered much of their heads and faces. Now, a library worker was convinced to call the police when they saw the terror and sadness in the eyes of young Elizabeth who was just a few steps away from freedom. But instead, both Elizabeth and her female captor, Wanda Barzi, stayed silent as they were questioned by police. Meanwhile, Brian Mitchell claimed the women could not remove their robes and veils for religious reasons, and also that their religion prohibited the women from being allowed to speak in public. Elizabeth later went on to say how helpless she felt as the police officer left their conversation, saying she felt as though hope had just walked out the door. The following month, the three relocated to near San Diego, California, where they settled in a dry creek bed near Lakeside. They would go on to move three more times before Mitchell was arrested for breaking into a nearby church 
and spent several days in jail. In October of 2002, four months after being kidnapped, Elizabeth's sister, Mary Catherine, suddenly realized where she had heard that quiet voice that still rang in her ears from the night her sister disappeared. She claimed the voice belonged to an unemployed man named Emmanuel, who had raked leaves at the family's home, and he used to beg for change on the streets of Salt Lake City, a man Mary Catherine then described to the local police sketch artist, who created a rendering of her sister's captor, which was sent to various news outlets including Larry King Live and America's Most Wanted. Now, the drawings triggered some of Brian Mitchell's relatives to offer recent photographs of him, and the police now had a viable suspect for the first time in four months. However, it would be another nearly five months before police in Sandy, Utah, just 18 miles from Elizabeth's hometown, caught Brian Mitchell and a woman who turned out to be Wanda Barzi, along with a young girl who turned out to be Elizabeth Smart, disguised in a gray wig, sunglasses, and a veil covering her face. Four different people had recognized Brian Mitchell's face from the sketches they'd seen on America's Most Wanted. They alerted the police who recognized young Elizabeth almost immediately and swiftly arrested Brian and Wanda. Now, the court had requested a competency evaluation to determine if Brian Mitchell was psychologically stable enough to stand trial. Because of all his delusions of being a religious prophet, it would be another five whole years before Brian Mitchell would be put on trial. After multiple doctors submitted a 200-plus page report claiming that not only was Brian Mitchell fully aware of his actions both past and present, but was attempting to deceive the court and convince everyone that he was mentally unfit for trial. Flash forward to November 8, 2010, eight years after the initial kidnapping of Elizabeth Smart when Brian Mitchell stood trial for his crimes and was later found guilty of kidnapping and transporting a minor across state lines with the intent to engage in sexual activity. Now, because of the frequency and severity of his crimes, Mitchell was sentenced to life in prison without parole and is currently serving out his days at a high-security federal prison in Indiana. Shortly thereafter, Brian's accomplice, Wanda Barzi, pled guilty and was sentenced to 15 years in state and federal prison. But even through all this ugliness, our story actually has a positive ending. Elizabeth Smart was recovered and reunited with her family and used the horrific events of her past as a catalyst to launch her career as an activist and advocate for missing persons. She has helped abductees and other people who have endured traumatic experiences to heal and live happier, healthier lives. She was also instrumental in supporting sexual predator legislation and the Amber Alert system. Between 2009 and 2010, she served as a missionary for the Mormon Church. And in 2015, Elizabeth Smart became a correspondent for Crime Watch Daily in an effort to help to catch other child predators and lawbreakers. Elizabeth is now a best-selling author, speaker, advocate, and married mother of three who continues to fight for those who feel they have no voice. Most recently, Elizabeth competed in the 2021 season of The Masked Dancer as the character Moth, where she placed eighth in the overall competition. And that, my friends, is episode 41 of True Crime Tuesday, The Abduction of Elizabeth Smart. Join me each week for more true crime stories and unsolved mysteries during True Crime Tuesday. We'll see you next week.